Hello, this is the podcast Builder vs. Buyer, and I'm your host, Adam Steiner. This podcast is dedicated to making the home building industry just a little bit better through advice and education for both builders and buyers. Thanks so much for listening today. I think I've got an interesting one for you. I'm going out on a little bit of a limb here. Um, so please let me know if you're tracking with me. Give me some, give me some feedback. Um, I want to dive into today my three biggest design failings, just the biggest mistakes I made in my career with regarding floor plans and design. And um, I'm going to review just what what the issue was and then the biggest thing I learned from it. And these, these might not be the biggest mistakes dollar-wise, but just the ones that really stick out in my head as far as learning experiences. Um, looking back on, I feel like I really grew from this this time. So... Um, and then hopefully this is helpful to you, whether you're looking to design a home or a home builder, looking to, uh, make sure your process is dialed in. Um, yeah, here we go. Um, the first one, so I was designing a model home for a builder. Um, it was designed with a large area above the garage that was supposed to be supported. And then we decided, in the market we were in that this home should have a fourth car garage. Well, in balancing out the front elevation, I didn't really account for um, the bearing of the second floor area above the garage. Um, and I, I was moving to a new market and the old market I was in, in Indiana, um, in spans like that, we would typically throw a steel beam above the garage and yeah, steel can get expensive, but it wasn't, it wasn't out of the ordinary that, I mean, the typically cost wise that you see a lot of steel in, um, Northwest Indiana homes. Well, this market I was in Minnesota, it's, it's just not as readily available. We don't really work with that up here as much. And so what I thought was a simple solution turned out to be, um, a pretty big redesign. Um, even that we had the trust company analyze it, thought we came up with a solution. And then even after that, they did some more digging and found out we needed another internal footing to carry and disperse new loads. And, um, yeah, it just, it ended up being a mess. And I feel like a lot of it could have been avoided. I think the biggest thing, just looking back on it, I failed in was, um, thinking I needed to look like I have it all together. Um, I was new at this job. This was one of the the first homes I designed. And so for this company, um, so I wanted to not show vulnerability and not show weakness and, you know, have the the perfect plan and throw it on the table and everyone say, Ooh, Adam's the man. He's got, he's got everything locked in and dialed in. And, um, yeah, looking back on it, just so much of that could have been avoided if I had asked my team, talked to um, people in the area, called our lumber supplier beforehand or our purchasing manager, and just um, really asked good questions about um, how we do things in that area. I think one big takeaway for you guys, the listener, is the regionality in home building. Um, the areas in which you build a home in this country, the United States, for those listening overseas, um, they're very, very different in construction methods. Um, up here in Minnesota, almost everything is done with both floor and roof trusses, um, which allows for totally different floor plans, different internal bearing, load bearing walls on the inside are just thought of differently. Um, 
back in Indiana, uh, there's a lot of stick built roofs, which can just lead to a different floor plan. Um, I know if you're building in coastal or earthquake regions, there's much more of a concern for like wall bracing and the, the wind loading that goes on with a home. Um, so I say that to say, if you're, if you're pulling a floor plan online, looking at another home builder and they're in a different market than you're in, just ask the, the professionals that you're working with what, what would need to change to really optimize this plan, this layout for the new region I'm in. All right, the second big failing. Um, I was designing a home, custom home for a custom client. I had done the construction documents and everything. And then after the foundation was poured, we realized that the um, the perimeter of the foundation plan did not match the perimeter of the main floor. Um, it was a small area in the garage, but basically there wasn't foundation for what they had thought would be their mudroom. Um, man, this was this was a tough one. I feel like I've seen... Other designers make this mistake. In some software, it's really easy to do, sadly. Um, other software makes it a little harder um, to do to make this mistake. But um, since then, I've been more, much, much more attentive to checking the footprint between plans. Um, but I would say just, yeah, in learning to double and triple and quadruple check um, important things, the footprint, the stair location, your bearing walls, um, and it's okay to ask your designer or architect through the process. Um, it doesn't look like if you're looking at the plans and it doesn't look like things are matching to ask the question, they probably have a good answer and you'll probably learn something. I wouldn't go into it assuming they've made a mistake, just that you're educating yourself. And if it turns out they have made a mistake, then great. Everybody's better off and, um, you don't have to deal with the headache. Um, I would say with this client, one thing also I really learned, um, I, was in a position where I didn't, I was kind of behind the scenes and didn't directly deal with the clients and wanted the comfort of not having to deal with an angry client and just kind of stay there and hide there. Um, and this client was in the office one day and I, I don't know, I, I hadn't done this before, but I decided to take it by myself and say, um, listen, there's, there's been an issue on your, they knew about the issue, but I said, don't don't blame anyone else in this office. The m- mistake was solely mine. If you have any issue, please take it up with me. Um, and I would say, and I know other people know this, and but just the the simple fact of owning my mistake um, led to such a better process down the road. That client was really really gracious and kind um, through the rest of the process. Worked with us to get a fix and. Um, yeah, I would say I haven't, sadly, I have not, that it is not my initial reaction to own every single mistake, but the times that I have have been so, so fruitful. So if you're starting a business and just worried about clients, I would say just be honest, be upfront. Um, it's going to get you much, much further than it will if you try and hide things and cover them up. Um, and the last one, this is diving into a little bit more floor plan details, um, especially those of you designing a new custom home, a plan that's never been built before. Um, and this is what I'll say, the air quotes, the works on paper plan. Um, so this was a plan I designed is um, actually designed and built a few times. It was a smaller home, a two-story home, um, and it had the right amount of the right amount of rooms. Um, it had an office and a 
kitchen and a nook and a great room on the main floor. And um, upstairs, I think it had four bedrooms and two baths, two full baths upstairs and even a couple walk-in closets. Um, and it was about 22, 2400 square feet. Um, so it was, it was, it had it all there and it was all checked out. Um, but every time the client built it, I think it was built like three or four times. It was kind of the price leader with this builder. So, um, it was, it was popular. Um, every time the client built it, they just weren't happy, didn't really love it and couldn't put their finger on it. And after walking it, you you get it that it just it was something that worked on paper but then in real life it wasn't great i think one of the big mistakes i made so that the nook off the kitchen like the main dining area um just had too many traffic points it was the door to the exterior patio was there the opening to the great room was there the opening to the mud room was there the opening to the foyer was there and a door to the basement stairs. And that's just, looking back on it, that's just too much, too much traffic. Even even in a good-sized room, it's never going to feel like a space that you want to cozy up and, and eat in um, because there's just so much going on. Um, and then I would say another thing is the, the paper is not the reality. Um, and people that are in the field, the subcontractors and tradespeople, I think you know exactly what, <laughs> what I'm talking about here, that... Um, Things, things that get built, if, if you were to measure down to the inch on what actually gets built versus the floor plan, you'd probably find that there's, there's a decent amount of variation if, um, if an inch is your tolerance, you know, um, I think there's just so many, so many hands touching the project that, um, it's, it's, it's hard to explain, but like if the, if the foundation that's poured isn't perfectly square. Well, what the framer will do is kind of fudge the, the, um, let's see here, the outside plate on that wall to make sure that the corner of their building is square. Um, and that the house framed upward, I think that's a good and right thing to do. Um, the house framed upward is then square moving on. But what happens is you lose an inch or two there. And then, and then that starts cascading through the house. If you lose an inch or two here, well, you can't lose that inch or two in the bathroom because the tub is a fixed dimension. So then that cascades to the next area. And I think a couple times this plan got built, like just the hallway was too tight upstairs and, um, I'd drawn it at something that was a little lower than our standard, but I felt was okay. And then it got framed and the, the staircase was right there. And it felt like you just walked right into a wall. Um, so I would say like, because of this, I never designed for minimum tolerances um, with, especially when it comes to like walkways, um, I think, and transitions into the tight areas like bathrooms and closets. Like you never want to really get down to the nitty gritty. Cause it's just, it's you're setting yourself up for failure. Um, I think that's all on that third one. Um, all in all, uh, if you're working with someone, ask good questions. People make mistakes. I hope in the future that um, my checklist process is, is dialed enough in that um, we never have to walk through one of these big issues again, you know, knock on wood, but um I, I would hope that through this, we can all understand that humans make mistakes and that the best way to get about it is to, is to work together to figure out a new solution um, and not to lose your mind and freak out. So please don't freak out at your builder. 
Um, and builders, please don't freak out at your clients. You should never yell at a client. It's probably a, a good rule of thumb. Um, so everybody, let's just get along. All right. Um, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so, so much for listening. Um, tune back in. I'm, I'm going to do some... Um, home tours. Actually, we have the luxury home tour up here in Minnesota these next couple of weeks. So I'm going to get out, see some homes, um, let you know what some new upcoming features are. Um, Minnesota, I think is just a great, um, test case for the Midwest. The Midwest is usually a little slower to adapt designs. Um, you see like out of Denver and the West coast and East coast, like much quicker to, um, move on to the, the modern homes and, and things like that. Whereas, um, the Midwest is still the core of it, I would say, is that hybrid craftsman look. Um, but I say that all to say that here in Minneapolis, especially, it's kind of the, the leader for the Midwest as far as like dipping our toe into the water of modernizing some looks and some styles. So I'm going to get out there and just, um, yeah, let you know what I see, what's upcoming and um, some new things on the horizon. Um, be sure to tune back in for more. If you'd like to reach out to me, I'm available on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Just search for Burnham Design Co. That's B-I-R-N-A-M Design Co. on all three of those, and I would love to hear from you. Lastly, thanks as always to Andrew Michael Metter for the music. Mm-hmm.